Welcome to the latest edition of the Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Marcus Han, editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. And in this episode of the Maritime Minute series, we'll be taking you through a look back at some of the most important stories in shipping and maritime over the month of July. Going back to the start of July, listeners may remember that in the previous month, congestion at Yantian Port in South China due to a COVID-19 outbreak was a dominant story, and July finally saw the port get back to full operations. Container shipping, though, remained very much in the headlines as disruption to the supply chain, including the congestion in Yantian, looks set to drive lines to hitherto unknown levels of profitability in 2021. At the beginning of July, the Drury World Container Index stood at $8,399 per FEU, some 346% higher than the same time a year earlier. So what does this mean for profitability? Well, Drury's container forecaster predicts that carriers will report an ABIT of $80 billion for this year, up from a previous estimate of $35 billion, and that if freight rates surpass expectations for the rest of the year, this ABIT could hit $100 billion. While you might think a $100 billion ABIT for carriers in 2021 sounds excessive, it's worth noting lines reported an average ABIT of $27.1 billion in the first quarter of the year. That's more than $25.4 billion for 2020 as a whole. Coming to the second week of July, and emissions from shipping were very much back in the forefront as the European Union announced its Fit for 55 climate package. The package will see shipping become part of the EU's emission trading scheme, which means shipping companies having to buy CO2 quotas when sailing between European ports, as well as controversially factor in half of the CO2 consumption of transportation to and from the EU. Listeners will be aware of shipping's long-standing objections to unilateral or regional regulation, and the EU ETS is no different in this regard. Speaking at a Sea Asia webinar, Bud Dar, Executive Vice President Maritime Policy and Government Affairs for MSC Group, said the EU initiative, as well as one planned by China, could prevent the creation of any global scheme in the future. Meanwhile, Vartzilla's Director of Decarbonization Solutions Sanjay Verma was emphatic that a global approach was essential. On a more practical level, in terms of reducing emissions, the debate over future fuels remains as strong as ever. A key point of contention is whether LNG, a carbon-based fuel, should be used as a bridging fuel, or that investment should entirely be focused on developing zero-carbon fuel sources. A strong proponent of LNG as a fuel is container line CMA-CGM. And Sea Trade Maritime News spoke to Stefan Kokan, Chief Executive Officer of CMA CGM Asia Pacific, and this is what he had to say. For tomorrow's cleaner air, we need to act now. So LNG is undoubtedly uh, the state of our industry solution currently available in terms of energy transition. It's also a very recent technology that is still evolving and continuously improving. And we are already talking about a second generation of LNG vessels. Meanwhile, a country eyeing the growth of LNG as a marine fuel is Panama. And a mid-July episode of the Maritime Podcast 
featured an interview with Jose Alejandro Rojas, Minister of Facilitation of Private Investments for the Presidency of the Republic of Panama. And here is what he had to say. With these new LNG facilities that are on the Atlantic, we believe that there's an opportunity for us to be a player on LNG and, you know, complying with IMO 2020 regulations. Uh, around 24% of, of cana- uh, ships that go through a Panama Canal bunker in Panama, we're constantly looking at how we can expand that market and having these LNG facilities next to the Panama Canal. And, you know, it will give us a competitiveness there to keep growing on that sector in the future. You can listen to the full interview with the minister on the Maritime Podcast. Coming into the third week of the month and the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the lives of seafarers and the ability of them to get to and from their homes to onboard the ships where they work was brought into sharp relief. Figures from the world's largest provider of international crew, the Philippines, show the total number of seafarers deployed overseas from the country dropped 54% in 2020 to a little over 270,000. This compared to just under 470,000 in 2019, reflecting the difficulties around international travel and border closures for seafarers. Staying with matters related to seafaring, the role of pilots in shipping casualties was a topic on the agenda in the Sea Trade Maritime News Marine Insurance webinar. Asked about the role of pilots in casualties and the possible use of technology to improve navigational safety, David Petreko, a master mariner and director of projects for the Nautical Institute, commented. The pilots might say that there's a large number of people in hospitals that die. So is that the hospital's fault? Pilotage areas are pilotage areas because they're areas of very high risk. And that's why you employ a pilot. Pilots are extremely valuable. Pilots are probably one of the most progressive sectors of our industry to adopt technology. Moving into the final week of July, and listeners will be pleased to learn we had some positive news to report on the vaccination of international seafarers against COVID-19. In previous episodes of Maritime Minutes, you may recall we have reported on the frustration the industry has had in terms of securing vaccination for its frontline workforce. From 26 July, Belgium opened up its vaccination program to all seafarers. The Johnson & Johnson single-shot vaccine is available to crew at ports of Antwerp, Ghent and Zeebrugge. It is clearly good news for the industry, and MSC Group commented that it was happy many of its seafarers would now be able to take advantage of the program. Let's hope more countries follow Belgium's lead. With that positive development, that's all we have time for on this episode of Maritime in Minutes. To learn more about the stories mentioned in this podcast, visit ctrade-maritime.com and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for listening.